Welcome to When Daniel Met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Let's get to know each other. Follow us on all of the social medias. Email us at WendanielMetRich at gmail.com. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget our other show, Excitement Inc., more nerd-focused and Pop culture less centric. explicit. Very much less explicit. Much less explicit. Well, I think that one that we did just did probably is the cleanest. Probably, yeah. I think there were only like two or three F-words in there that we did. I think there was only, well, I know of one where I screamed at the dog. Yeah, you were screaming at the dog, and there was one where I um, put in an F-word somewhere. Oh, uh, okay. Well. All right. Fair Our uh, helper man over here behind the computer yes. probably marked them with yes. timestamps. Did yes. you, Eric? Eric did. I got the dog. <laughs> got the dog. I, I didn't hear you. You didn't. Okay. No. All right. That's I that's kinda, what I'm saying. I'm thinking right? that I'm yeah, thinking that might have be been the there. only one. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to upload it and then go back and download it. I'm going to nice. upload it. I'm too lazy to go in there and find it because I don't know where I did it. So. All right. Fair enough. You have to keep those ears perked, Eric yes. Finger. Now behind the board. Yes. Over at the man behind we the gave, computer. We gave Brian some time off to enjoy all those banana chips. That we just stopped paying him. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much like a first week thing, and then yeah. he never ate them. And then when I came in um, after my surgery, and I was like starving because yes. my pain meds did that to me, I was like, Brian, give me those banana chips. Yes. <laughs> and I ate the only form of payment we ever gave him. Yep. <laughs> Can I tell you a story, Rich? Yes, please. What is this? What is this thing? It was a uh, twist tie, tie that was around oh, the... Oh, did you make the... It's really I, nice. Yeah, so I spun it around the pen to make it into a curly cue. Ooh. Very nice. It's quite springy. Very much. So. Anyway. Mr. Toller. Story time. Mr. Toller. Uh, I want to tell you the man, uh, uh, a story about a guy. His name is uh, George Wu. Okay. Um, or... George Jiwoo? Ting or something like that. He's of, he's of Asian descent of some kind. And um, he was having a very intent conversation on his AirPods. Um, strolling through Walmart. Uh, maybe get some case pack bulk water um, for whatever, you know, hangout event thing he was going to. It was a Saturday, so I'm sure he was, like, doing something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he uh, makes a pit stop to the restroom first. And uh, he goes over to the urinal and he kind of, like, Shakes it off, and then he just kind of like, oh, you know, that's kind of weird. And he, he looks down at his um, un- his uncut fang, and he's like, huh. And he's on the AirPods, though, and he's having a conversation with his friend Jimmy. And he turns back around. Um, but, you know, when you have your AirPods in, you're kind of in your own world, right? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> And you kind of like you're having a conversation. You're not really thinking about what's going on around going on around you in a public place because you're thinking about the conversation you're in. So Jimmy um, p- turns out while he's inspecting his uncut self, turns uh, out and around and is approaching the sink openly with his uh, uh, penis out. When I walk into the restroom, and there is an order of operations there. Uh, there is, and he missed a step where you put away your fucking dick. Mm-hmm. After you go to the bathroom. His math was wrong. His math was so wrong, which was weird because he's Asian. Asians are supposed to be better at math. They really are. His PEMDAS was like totally off. (laughs) PEMDAS. Okay. That is going to be the new term for an uncircumcised penis. PEMDAS. (laughs) PEMDAS. PEMDAS. He he came out. (laughs) Full on PEMDAS. P for penis. 
E for erect. Are you ever erect at the at the urinal? I just I can't. Only if I've done something very very right. Okay, duly noted. Um, and then M is for men. Are there men around you? D is like your dick is still there. A is arrive back in your pants. And then S is for zip. <laughs> Zipper snip. And then like oh god, and then you, where you put it away and then you can leave. Um, instead of turning around. So I now know that that gentleman is A, uncut. Um, B, I know that uh, their genitalia can be darker than their actual pallid tone. Now, the funny epilogue to the story is that I walk in while he's on the phone. He's on the phone. He's totally talking, right? And I walk in, and I immediately – I was there to wash some syrup off of my forearm from a broken case of soda. Uh, that I had merchandised, and I was there to wash off my forearm. I should have let it stay sticky. Um, and so I come then in. Then force kid would have stuck uh, to your forearm. <laughs> so many fours. <laughs> the math was off. It was so off. And so anyway, so I like I come in and I see it. And I just immediately like turn away, and he immediately like whoops it back in because he's like, "Oh Jesus, I'm exposing myself." And I at first I was like. I would have thought that maybe he was just, like, checking to make sure he had ten fingers and not nine or eight to check the math, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, And I would have thought that maybe he was just oddly counting his fingers um, and tucking one of them back into his pants, if not for the fact that he tucked it away. Oh, hey, man, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) And he starts a conversation with me because he knows he engaged in a social contract with me (laughs) by exposing himself to me. He kind of owes you dinner like, now. I know. <laughs> or at least you should pony up for the popcorn at the movie. Exactly. One of the two. I need a good night if he's going to show me that. And so he's like, what's up? Oh, hey, how, what, uh, what's going on? And we, we uh, and then we're at the sink, the and I'm like washing my hands. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I don't think he'd want to go through the popcorn, because with the foreskin, you're going to get a kernel stuck in there. Now, <laughs> if you don't. Colonel Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> not Colonel. It's not a bucket of chicken. It's a bucket of Colonel popcorn. Colonel, a kernel of popcorn inside of a foreskin of an Asian penis. Do you think Colonel Sanders and Orville Redenbacher are related? No. I they can't. look really, really similar. They actually that might do. be racist like, of me. N- no. Old I white mean, guys. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. No, yeah, no. I'm a little offended that you found them comparable because um, I'm white and I'm allowed to be. Uh, because, I mean, they're white and I can be. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, why weren't we offended when we went to your birthday dinner and that waitress thought that we were like either father and son or brothers? We should have been offended by that. I was more offended about cancer and dead dogs. I mean, there's also that, too. I'm glad we're starting this episode light because it's going to get so dark. It's going to get really dark. So dark. The darkest. Dark yes. side darkest. Uh, now folks. D- dim the here, lights. Here light the candles. <laughs> How do we not Daniel cannot it? help but make this romantic. I'm sorry. I want you to keep that in mind as the converta- conversation continues. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So. And tr- <laughs> uh, trigger, trigger warnings for that reason. Trigger warnings. A while back, we teased the uh, the conversation of pedophilia and uh, our views on that. And we teased it, but we didn't get into the deep dive because we felt that it deserved its own episode. This is that episode. Really so, is. if you are triggered at all by these things, we apologize. 
then we urge you to listen to something else. Yes. Possibly tune into Excitement Inc., where we will discuss none of this. Yes, we will discuss Google Stadia, the next and pressing video game technology that might work. Possibly. Yes. So, here we go. You have been warned. I'm going to title this episode Leaving Neverland. Just Leaving Neverland. Leave it there. Okay. Leave it at the Neverland title. So, there were two documentaries that I watched recently. The first one I want to kind of talk about because it's not as, well, it's it's dark, but not as dark as the topic is going to go. This is a documentary on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. Why were these released so close to each other? Because other people are saying they watched that one. I haven't watched Abducted in Plain Sight yet because I don't want to be mad the whole time. Everyone, when they describe Abducted in Plain Sight, makes me incredibly mad because I don't uh, I don't want to watch one where um, I think they're different because uh, Michael Jackson was able to lure people in. People desperately wanted Michael Jackson and to be his friend and to be around him. Abducted in plain sight sounds like just pure idiocy from people, normal the, well, people, let here, normal people be bad people. Here's the thing is that it's kind of the same story from different perspectives. Okay. So... Abducted in plain sight, and Daniel, you don't have to watch it because I'm going to go into the deep dive for you. Full spoilers. Full on spoilers. Go for it. Okay. This is a story about a girl who was kidnapped from her home. Actually, maybe by we the same uh, twice. We should two tri- different occasions. We should try light spoilers because we don't want people to leave because they don't want to hear spoilers yet for this. By the same person. That is the synopsis. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut down your like your thunder no, that there. Is, no, <laughs> that is the that is the synopsis. Right. Yeah. From this is what you will find out reading the description mm-hmm. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. What I just said. Yes. We'll do a vague. We'll do a vague runover of both the documentaries first, and then go into full details towards the end. Yes. Okay. So, the Netflix synopsis is: this girl is abducted from her home twice. By the same person. Are they Guy cop- kidnaps her when she's young. Yeah. She's returned. A couple years later, it happens again. Oh, God. Okay. Same circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now, what it doesn't, what it should have been titled is the dumbest parents in America. Jesus. What do you know? What state this was in? This was in Idaho. Do they say okay? So it could and be. And these are LDS church members. Uh, LDS, sorry, Lutheran, Latter Day Saints. Latter-day, okay, all right. These are Mormons. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. What is that? <laughs> How is that relevant? I'm sorry. Are just just it's, making crappy oh, pieces of shit, basically. No, no, it's relevant. Or I'm going to get into it here. Okay, Do you, is this an illusion that you draw on your own from watching it, or that multiple people probably draw from watching it? Oh, everyone will draw this from watching okay. it. Okay, all right, cool. Okay. Yes. Because it is, they've stated over and over that this is in the church and everything. This was a result of being LDS. Great. So, this town in Idaho, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. small town. It's one of those towns where nobody locks their doors because we trust everybody in town. Yuck. 
And it's, you know, late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the kind of the thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were there were tons of those communities way before the Internet. You know, after the Internet, people are a lot. Well, a lot more wary. Yeah. Than they were back in the day. Right. Because we were raised, you know, oh, you can trust your neighbors. Yes. You know, because you know where they live. Well, this is where, like, you know, and initially, these are the initial shortcomings of the crime-related world we live in now. Right. Where, like, for instance, the justice system and uh, uh, our favorite girls over at our favorite murder said um, that when these rapists would be uh, found and accused and put away for five years for rape (laughs) and assault— for five years, get out, rape again, get put in for five years. They'll get tired of going in, and maybe they'll just silent the witness permanently. Yeah. These dumb shortcomings of issues that are happening. So back in the day, this whole idea of like, oh, people are good, the world is good, praise God, you know, like uh, 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 baby boomer era, era, no one wants to hurt each other. Just like it, man, did that fail hard in in yeah. terms of servicing and protecting children? But well, I digress. Well, I mean, there's well. That comes down to the security versus freedom as well. Yes. So do you want to be free or do you want to be secure? Right. Because unfortunately, you can't have both. It's true. So the more freedom you have, the more risk you accept. Yeah. Anyway. So abducted in plain sight, do you know how long was so it? Hour and a half? About an hour sure. and a half. Okay, cool. Roughly. So this town in Idaho mm-hmm. and this family moves in across the street from the family in question can't remember any of the names because I was just like, "Oh my god, these people are dumb." Dumb. Did they remain dumb until the end, or were they interviewed at all? Oh yeah, they were oh, interviewed. Wonderful. Were they dumb yeah. in that too? I think the whole experience had made them a little bit wiser. Oh, okay, cool. The fact so that fooled me once. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So they're not nearly as naive or stupid. So if I decide to dip into it again with the wife, it won't be, you know, like, super frustrating. (sighs) After a certain point, it will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There will come a point where you're just like, my God! Yeah. So, this family moves in across the street, and at first, everybody gets along swimmingly. Okay, right. the mm-hmm. families are roughly the same size. This side's got three girls. Hey, the other family's got three girls. There's a wife. Hey, there's a wife. There's a dad. Hey, there's a dad. Family barbecues and all this gathering and stuff, and everybody's just meshing so well mm-hmm. and very happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one dad is really, really, really close with the eldest girl on the other side. Oh, great. The one who just moved in? Yeah. The girl who just moved in or the, the dad? The guy that just moved in. Um, okay. Fuck. We'll call him Goldfinger. Just okay. go with Bond villain. Okay. Anyway. Cool. So Goldfinger moves in across the street with his family, the Goldfingers, as you will. Okay. And he is very interested in the girl, on the eldest girl on the other side. Call them Blofeld. Okay. So, the eldest Blofeld girl sees this guy all the time and kind of is like, you know, I, yeah, I loved him. I 
I saw him as another father. You know, we were together all the time. Our families got together all the time. And so, you know, he was, there was one day where he asks her parents, hey, can I, uh, you know, I'm really into horseback riding. She's really into horseback riding. Nobody else really is. Would it be all right if I take her to northern Utah near the LDS church? There's a ranch there. We can do some horseback riding. We'll be mm. back, you know, long weekend. Yeah. We'll be back next week. And the parents are like, I don't know, a multi-day trip, just the two of you, that doesn't right. seem great. It's not very mama, papa bear of us to yeah. allow this. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, I get it. Okay. And he lets it go. Well, then Goldfinger invites over Mrs. Blofeld. And he's like, is uh, Mr. Blofeld making you happy? Is he satisfying you in all the ways that a husband should satisfy a wife and all this? And You know, she's a mother of three so and she's very flattered. So, and so yeah, quickly inappropriate. Very quickly. Okay. But... Because they have developed this relationship over time and everything, mm -hmm. her guard's not up. Right, exactly. She's blindsided by this, and it's very flattering. Mm -hmm. And there was some light to moderate activity. Right. Not not anywhere near severe okay. by her by her admission. Right. So then, this guy, you know, Goldfinger goes out with uh, Mister Blofeld. They're out on a drive, and he's just like, man, my wife isn't satisfying me at all and all this. And it's like, I'm just so frustrated. I'm so pent up. And he's looking at him, and he's like, what do you think you can help me out? So Mr. Blofeld brings Goldfinger to Climax. Mr. Blofeld. Yes. Whoa. So... He has now successfully seduced mom and dad. Whoa. Now he was a little bit more successful with dad than with mom. Interesting. And weird. Well, now mm -hmm. he's got a card. He's got a trump card in his deck now. Oh. Because he can go to the LDS elders. Mm-hmm. And say that he knows Mr. Blofeld is a homosexual. Yep. That he knows that Mr. Blofeld is him. an adulterer. Mm -hmm. Yep. Interesting. And so to spare themselves embarrassment of the church, they allow for the long weekend. Wow. Which turns into four months. What? Which turn? Oh, wow. So he says he's taking her for a long weekend and... He ends up picking her up from school, drugging her, and then driving out. People are scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, now her account begins with, you know, she felt a little woozy, a little tired, and she ended up falling asleep. And when she wakes up, she's in a dark room in a bed, and there's a white box next to her <coughs> that has a voice coming out of it. Mm -hmm. And the voice is morphed. So it sounds like aliens. Okay. And these aliens give her instructions that she has a mission to save the earth. And that she has to 
bear the child that will save the world. And that they have chosen mm-hmm. her as the vessel, and they have chosen him as the facilitator. Um, okay, and who are the if who are the people? If she does not comply, this, this is Eldest Blofeld girl. Okay, and, and Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Okay, continue. This box is telling her that if she does not comply, she will die, and they will choose her next sister as the vessel. Oh, wow. And that he will still be the facilitator. So to spare her sister, she allowed him Which can usually, which is usually how it goes in terms of like, uh, your sister's next if you don't do this. Right. Like, you need to protect your family. Wow, okay. So, she allows him to do the sex, as it were. Right. With him. But he is very careful about it. He never goes deeper than, say, an inch. This is inch like full-blown spoilers right now. <laughs> this is full-on <laughs> Just like, full, like a serious synopsis. Yes. What is like, is it, how do you not, just curious, uh, how is, how do you watch this and not just kind of go like, this is like so like utterly stupid? Is it is it almost like reality TV to be watching something like this? And to see people just in their natural state and just kind of being like, are you literally the dumbest people, like, alive, you know, to allow this to happen? But also, um, how easily manipulatable can you be? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Is it about, like, kind of exposing that at that facet of it, too? Because when we're to... Here's what here's what the main part of it that was so fascinating. Yes. Kept us engrossed till the end. Yes. You don't think they can get any stupider. And then they push that. Oh. And you don't think they can get any dumber than that. Yeah. And they go a little further. Right. Because it's watching the, because I'm assuming it becomes like a serial series of issues where like if it happens again and there's three daughters and I'm assuming he gets another one, the next youngest. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no, she stays devoted to the mission okay. to spare her younger sisters. Okay. So it doesn't continue oh, on that's past ha- her. Oh, that's how he gets her out again, is mm-hmm. the mission. Yes. And, of course, you know, there was the condition of you cannot mm-hmm. tell anyone of the mission. Otherwise, yeah. it doesn't matter what you do. We're nuking the planet. Right. Well, if you're, if you're you know, if you're not Michael Jackson, you've no. got to do some serious blackmailing. Well. <laughs> Basically. Or you just fuck mom and then fuck dad and then fuck mom and then fuck dad and And, uh, just keep them at odds. Blackmailing, yeah. And that allows you to keep fucking the daughter, I guess. Exactly. It was so, so stupid. Yeah. So dumb. But it was so riveting because of how stupid these people were. And it's real. And continued in their stupidity. Okay, like, this guy started a sexual relationship mom after the daughter was returned. He calls them asking for permission to marry her. Oh. And that's how they lure him back. Oh. It is like, we will sign the form and hand it directly to you, but only if we hand it directly to you. And we get to say goodbye to her in person. So they both show up on a plane. He goes into cuffs. She goes home. Nice. Okay. The FBI investigator urged them. Mm-hmm. To cut off all contact with him, mm-hmm. said 
do not allow him in your presence. Do not speak to him. Mm-hmm. Do not have any type of relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Mom then begins her seven-year affair with him. What? Now, was it exposed that he was sleeping with the daughter at this point? Do they know about the mission with the parents? Nope, no idea. Ah. And when the girl was given an examination, they found that her hymen was intact so that she could not have had intercourse with him. Now, he was always very careful. Didn't go deeper than an inch, inch and a half. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. So this guy's actually just incredibly smart. He's incredibly charismatic and smart. That too. And played the game and the parents just right. Wow. That's And they were all set to press charges against him when the daughter was brought back. And then he said, you will be outed in the LDS church as a homosexual and an adulterer. Mm -hmm. So they dropped the charges. Ouch. Well, I need to go watch this now. <laughs> I mean, you got to figure if it's uh, compelling enough for Netflix to pick up, it's got to be a little bit more than just dumb, but also just like the feeling of frustration to see. That's it. That's it right yeah. there. It's just this so could have been prevented so many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Each instance Ugh. could have just been completely avoided had the parents been even Slightly smart about it. And been more concerned with the welfare of their child than their own reputation in their church. They were willing to forego their daughter's safety for their reputation with the church. That right there was the most asinine and infuriating thing about the whole fucking documentary. I was just like, your pride is more important to you than your progeny. Mm. Okay, you could take a flying fucking rolling donut and miss 20 times for all I care at that point. It was just, oh, it was so anger-inducing because it was just like, you're supposed to be a father. You're supposed to sacrifice anything for your children. Sounds like it's a lot easier to hate the parents in that show than it is for leaving Neverland because a lot of like opinions I hear and see is you know people going like where are the parents why are parents allowing you know Michael Jackson to take these little boys into his bedroom and uh, at night and these what people don't realize and especially when they expose it is that like there's a long history set up here that establishes uh, trust in Michael you know what I mean Mm -hmm. not to mention I mean well it's Michael Jackson and, and I gotta be honest in the parents defenses not that they would have allowed this. There are parents out there, fans of Michael, who would have let Michael fuck their kids mm-hmm. to be in his presence. Like that's the worst part about like the 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 Michael thing is that you you know d- with these these parents and the, the not knowing. So uh, you know I don't know. It sounds like people need to watch these back to back and maybe maybe not be as judgmental of the parents that you know let their sons go with Michael Jackson to bed. The the chain of watching these documentaries back to back was so skeevy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I didn't feel clean for a while yeah, after I watching bet. both of yeah. these. Now, 
So that was abducted in plain sight. I'm just not going knowing, to spoil any further on sure. it. Just you knowing, watch the documentary and just be amazed at uh, yeah. the blatant idiocy of these parents. How it can happen right under your nose, how you're talking to each other, how you're like seeing it and and, and <sighs> how weird it is and oh. you know, the fact that they're serial offenders mm-hmm. of these situations too is where it becomes idiocy, insanity. Yeah. Even, right? Yeah. Ugh. Not fun. <laughs> no, there's one bit to it. I I I kind of want you to watch it and get mm-hmm. back to me on it, and mm-hmm. because there's one bit to it later on in it, where you're just like, she's still just as fucking stupid. Oh God, is Goldfinger an attractive man? Then, assumingly, <laughs> he's well. I mean, he's early '80s attractive, I guess. You well, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know definitely. the the pictures you're seeing of him, it's still kind of like. Right. Whoa, that's well. Apparently, skeevy. Ted Bundy was Zach Efron attractive in the eighties. Apparently, I started watching the interviews with Ted Bundy tapes too, oh. and that just ooh, that creeped me out. Yeah, but remember, when I was going to college, I was doing the deep dive on all of these big names. Oh yeah, that's so I was. Yeah. I did the deep deep dive on Ted Bundy. I did the deep deep dive on John Wayne Gacy. Mm-hmm. I did the deep 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 dive on Ed Gein. Yeah. While we're There's talking who? true crime and all of that stuff, um, Eric, would you mind going to the Google and pull up uh, DNA Jack the Ripper? <laughs> they got blood off of one of the victims' uh, things. Scientists how? claim, as okay, of recently, how do you ID him? Because With he was already in um, rotation. So okay. So thinking, he was already a suspect, but this kind of yes. solidifies the fact it. that they had a suspect from back then, and now that the DNA um, works. This says researchers, researchers compared fragments of mitochondrial DNA, which the magazine noted is inherited from one's mother, to samples from living relatives of Edos and Kosminski, wow. and found they matched both those Kosminski's relatives. It is believed that Jack the Ripper was a 23-year-old Polish barber Aaron Kuzminski so now they have DNA to prove it at the, here's the deal it's far too long gone to determine oh, like yeah. it's well, is it safe to assume probably you know there's there's no justice in this one there's really not there's uh, with this much time past there is no justice to be served here mm-hmm. by Identifying Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Yep. To our knowledge, this is the most advanced study to date regarding this case. It's cool that DNA can reach back that far. And honestly, I mean, it's Jack the Ripper. It's this, you know, infamous case. Of course, they're going to want to try and find, you know, the person. But it's cool that, you know, it's safe to say that it was this guy that they discovered who Jack the Ripper is, essentially. Right. But, so. I mean, but what does that do to his living relatives? Uh-huh. You know? There, there are those that would not want it widely known that, that they, they are descended related. from Jack the Ripper. Yeah, and that's and crazy. worse. There are those who would take pride in it. Oh yeah, that too. So there's there's a risk there, and it just mm-hmm. it, like I said, mm-hmm. there's no justice being served here. No, all it does is condemn the innocent because they'll have this stain on them. 
Yeah. And their children will have this stain on them. Right. And their children's children will have this stain on them. Right. Whereas. And all the. Uh, or, or the ones that would be proud of this yeah. will take it and run with it and be like, oh, I couldn't help it. It's in my DNA. Right. That's you. I was going to say in every middle child will be like, oh, this is why I'm killing people. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> I'm related, I'm related to Jack. Jack the Ripper. I was like, huh, how, how bad would it suck to be one of those rela- the relatives of, of Kazminsky and be like, huh. Yeah. We're going to have to change Jackie's name now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. He's in for some shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I digress. So. I thought that was like somewhat relevant. You know, yes. we're obviously yes. here to talk about uh, now, the, the molestation allegations against yes. Michael Jackson now, more than anything. Yeah. Now we're going to get into the one we both have seen. Mm-hmm. Never Leaving Neverland. Yeah. And this is a two-part documentary. Yeah, two part. It's four hours in total. Yes, the two parts. The first part just kind of going over the the uh, abuse of the boys. Yes, and the second part being the later part of their lives where the allegations come out. Yes, uh, M- Michael goes through multiple court trials, um, and his death causes for them to come uh, the two victims who are the subjects of the documentaries to come forward and say no it's true these things did happen yeah now what were your thoughts on this in in its entirety um i think this was you have to look at it as why would hbo take this and release it right now why would they do this with a a dead man you know what sure like you know we can compare it to jack the ripper in a way that's like jack the ripper is too old to get any justice but i don't think uh, you know um people say why attack a dead man's legacy you know um and to me i think it's i'm really glad about this documentary because i think it's highly important to expose especially with people still living um victims still living to to be able to look at it and identify the abuse. Did you get a chance to watch uh, uh, After Neverland? The yes, I Oprah did. That? Yeah, exactly. And you know, Oprah made a wonderful point when she was interviewing the director and uh, the two gentlemen who were abused. That um, you know, abuse is is a hard word to define for children for them to be able to come forward because they don't know it's abuse yet. Right. And especially for them and Michael, they think it's just pure love. And you, when you hear them talk about it, even as adults, even even now in the present where they know like what happened to them was so utterly terrible and wrong for them to still be able to talk about Michael and how they did love him. I don't, they never say out loud that they stopped loving him, you know? Um, and that's a big part of this where the abuse becomes it's, it's, I think it outlines the, the issues of the abuse in the right way. To show that even to this day it has its effects in 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 incredibly negative ways, um, and incredibly and scarily natural ways, as well in terms of the way they're brainwashed, as well how effective Michael was, um, in terms of being able to pull a veil over the children's eyes and what he was doing to them, and pulling a veil over the parents' eyes, thinking that oh michael's just a kid like them he's just an innocent soul and he sounds lonely and he just wants to be a kid again for that reason i think i think it's it it was imperative for them to to do this for the betterment of mankind what did you think at the end of part one 
when I don't remember this piece for piece because it's been like a solid week since I watched. Okay. Part. The the split happens between them describing their childhood, mm-hmm. and then part two was them describing their adulthood. Right. What do you mean? If I had to like review the first and second, or well, like no, what, what were your what were your thoughts at the end of part one versus the end of part two? Oh. So you're halfway through. What are your initial right. impressions? And then the whole thing's done. What are your impressions? That's a very good point. No, um, and you know you're making a good point, and I see why you're asking me. Um, the beginning of it is is, n- and I think this is the way they make it a juxtaposition in between the end of the first part and the second part, because the first part being that it's entirely about um, Michael cultivating the relationships with these kids and their families. Mm-hmm. And it ends in a dream state fashion, in like a dream state fashion, because you. Here's the tough part about watching Weaving Neverland: it's that they play this fantasy score, a swelling, um, um, emotional score, that sounds like a fairy tale. It sounds like a fairy tale where you get to watch these people enjoy their time with Michael, where you think. Damn, I wish I could have been the family to be live, you know, staying on Michael Jackson's estate and being his best friend. Maybe minus my son getting molested, but then you look at it like that, and the end of the first part versus the end of the second part is, you know, at the end of the first part, I'm just kind of like, okay, it was happening. At the end of the second part, I was infuriated, completely infuriated, which I think means it's a very effective documentary. Um, and being invested in the way it was happening in the beginning and then seeing the outcome because by the, I think where all of this in this, uh, where the climax is in this two part documentary is the climax of the two boys, the two now grown men with their children, their sons Mm -hmm. coming to realize knowing as parents, this was bad. Yeah. This was so bad. And I did not foresee a climax like this where the story like came to a no. head. I'm just kind of like, when do they just kind of realize that it was wrong and they start telling people, you know, and I'm like just waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And then they say they talk about like having their children with them and thinking like, what's normal? This is my son. What did Michael do? That was not normal. Yeah. And then the emotion, the fallout of them telling their families. Um, yeah. Well, etc. When I saw when part one ended, mm-hmm. my initial thought was they're full of shit. Whatever for whatever reason they have decided separately mm-hmm. that their name isn't being said enough. Okay. And this is a grab for fame at the expense of a dead man. I feel that. I had that lingering, but not strong not not as strong as that kind of thought process i didn't think they were lying at all the whole time myself but i see where you're going with this and i can totally see why well i was just like what is the reasoning behind doing this now yes why wouldn't they say something then Mm -hmm. when it actually could have affected something and there was a part of me that was mad at them for not saying i'm like if you were abused then say something there was a part of me that was initially i was like you guys were brought in front of a judge and jury and testify you know this is happening to other and you people 
you didn't you didn't say anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so my initial thought was you're full of shit it's true i mean it, i didn't mean to or anything that was, was not intentional that's just the way i felt yes on the initial viewing of part one then we watched part two and at that point when they each had a son and the realization hit them they were there like if someone did this to my son i there would be no force on this planet that would be able to stop me yep and at that point i was just like oh fuck and then it all came in and i was just like they're not full of shit yeah they're they've been hurting this whole time and didn't even realize they were hurting because they loved him it's true and the thing is that we all did anybody who heard and owned thriller Mm -hmm. loved michael yeah loved him okay and it just continued when we saw The video for Bad or Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, the movie that was a collection of videos. And all of this was way before any of this came to light. It's true. And and I had flashes back to when the allegations came out about it. I and they showed the footage of the kid being interviewed and saying, no, never happened. Mm -hmm. And I had flashbacks to watching that on the news. As this was all happening, yeah, I'm seeing this on the news, and I was like, that kid's full of shit. Michael did touch him. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then when I see it in this documentary, I'm like, <gasps> it, it's him. I remember seeing this. Wow. When it first aired. I'm old. But. Wow. It's true. And then let alone figuring out that this kid is part of the reason of Britney and NSYNC's success. <laughs> and realizing yeah. it, Wade Robson's impact on the industry that probably started with Michael. Absolutely. Cultivated because Michael wanted to molest them. And that was but a did Michael want to molest them or did Michael end up molesting them? That's a good question. I mean, and that's one we'll never be able to answer. It's that's one we'll obviously. never know. Yeah, he's a dead man. It's not like he was about to go to jail. So, and I mean, <clears throat> so much of his behavior was taken as completely innocent. Yeah. So much so that the parents didn't even suspect anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the one mom, I don't think she would have even cared. I have to be. I have to agree with that. The one that had the stoma scar and everything. Yep, yep, yep. Um, no, the mother of Wade Robson. Yeah, the Australian one. No, no, the other one. Mm, really? Because she's the one who said she was jumping for joy when Michael died. I, I don't believe that statement for one second. Really? Why? Because when she was talking about how they first met Michael, she said, well, the stage mom came out in me. Mm -hmm. This is a woman that would put her son through anything for a taste of the fame. Sure. The minute she said, well, the stage mom came out in me, I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, "Yeah, that's it. Because these women were drawn to the alert. Yeah. You're right. Well, and I I don't know so much that the Australian mom was drawn to the allure as much as she was happy her son was happy 
because this was a kid with actual talent and dancing and everything and True. loved Michael and actually had a career as a child impersonating Michael. It sounds like they had a better relationship with Michael as well. Yes. The further, the further it went as yeah. well. But she, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, when they left and, and, and stuff like that, it sounds like she broke up that family for, you know, Wade Robson's sake. But, I mean, when you hear about it and then you hear, like, the, the dad going, no, don't. Don't go like th- it's like um why you know they made this weird juxtaposition that I didn't really appreciate because sometimes documentaries, uh for emotion sake and and uh, uh for just to bring out certain feelings they'll kind of like ignore certain aspects of things to where I'm just like kind of watching they're like yeah our our dad got bipolar and then we left and that was the last time we were all together and I'm just sitting over here like don't state once why he didn't go. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was a little frustrating S- for that perspective. Of that the yeah. documentary itself, just yeah. as an entity, this is a shitty documentary. <laughs> I am not a fan of this guy's style of documenting events or anything, yeah. or the way that he was cutting footage. At the end of the day, it was incredibly. At the end of the day, plain and simple, this this documentary is incredibly one sided. Oh yeah, well, and it's. Hmm. These these two gentlemen, their story is the only thing that makes it worth it. Anything, <laughs> their their story is lining else, up separately. Anything else about the documentary was complete and total shit to me. Uh-huh. Okay, Christy and I were uh-huh. actually watching this and paying attention to the story, and every time it got away from the story, we were like, this is the shittiest documentary style I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. We were not fans. Of this guy's like four hours of close-up interview, just recounting. Yeah, well, and it was just f- crap filler. Yeah, just like, hey, look, he's walking in a field and there's slow music. What is this? Yeah. A goddamn perfume commercial? Yeah, God, too. get back to you know. It's a little also silly to me that like, well, but it's one-sided also because no one, no one from the Jackson estate is going to take part in this. You know, no one's going to take part in in that in defending and even like talking about the allegations and even addressing these things. Well, and as the guy said in After Neverland, it's not even about Michael Jackson. It's it's got it. It's just so happens that Michael Jackson was the the predator in both of these instances. But it is not his story. It's not. It's the. It's the two victims' story. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was Michael Jackson is kind of ancillary to all of it. It's true. And it's weird seeing um, Michael Jackson change through time from the outside as well. Yeah. Seeing him young in the beginning, and then by the end of the second part, you know, not only being old but dying, um, and then recounting, uh, just looking at him going through trials and apparently being weak, like having to be like carried in. I'm just kind of like... This seemed like an incredibly strong man, you know, initially. But I, di- I just digress. It was um, – he is ancillary, and you're right. And they view him from this distance. But, I mean, it tells a story. Yeah. And I think it was really good for that reason. Yeah. Stolen off my but <laughs> yeah. just the style and yeah. overall. But hearing the story, like hearing the the story, story is what I was there for, that and that's what I got. So unfortunately, I just had to put up with like forty-five minutes of crap that I didn't need. Yeah, unfortunately, stands in reality, you know. Yeah. So, 
Well, and like, here's my question mm-hmm. in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Is Michael Jackson truly a predator? Because from both of their accounts and both of their stories, it doesn't seem like he was after them for that from jump. It seems like he was kind of a man-child and truly considered them friends and the relationship continued on but because he wasn't he was physically an adult even if mentally and yeah spiritually still a child he's still an adult and the relationship progressed for him eric will you do me a favor and google uh predator just the word predator we're gonna get some definitions here because there's always like um for instance did you know that um a mass shooter and a terrorist by definition aren't ooh nice the predator um movies did you know uh that mass shooters and terrorists are not defined in the same category even close Mm -hmm. i think they're pretty much one and the same (laughs) if i do say so myself but i digress um english an animal that naturally preys on others a person or group that ruthlessly exploits others um to talk about a predator, um, is it still a predator if someone puts, uh, 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 hmm, if someone was invited? No, he's a predator. I'm looking at it. and But I understand the way you're presenting it and the way you're kind of offering it in the way that um, these, these mothers, are they like, they're, these parents are delivering their children to Michael, essentially. Essentially, but by now both of their accounts, yes, that was not the impression that anybody had. Yeah, he was over there hanging out with them. He was sharing meals with them. Mm-hmm. He was he was asking to keep he, one of them for a year, but not at first. Sure, and not when, not. When they were just meeting, right? This was this was after years of cultivating the relationship, yeah. and uh, I mean, now granted, guy that I hung out, you know, when I was nine or ten years old, my best friend, you know, over the summer, either I was at his house or he was at mine. Yeah, overnight. That's just. I feel like we all everybody have had yeah that everybody has that friend. that one yeah. friend that you're attached at the hip. And either you stay that way or you have your falling out, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But was he was he going into it like that? Mm -hmm. And then his biology took over and as a grown ass man, as a grown man, took it into that realm. And could it have gotten out of hand, you know, um, as a as a sexual um, fetish as well? He wasn't entirely gay. He was married to women, having sex with women, women having kids. I mean, maybe this could have been a cover, for all we know, but I digress. Um, you make a, a very good point in, in the aspect of, you know, like, can we view it from the outside, and especially with the first part of the documentary, um, just seeing how it, like, rolls out. I see where you're coming from, and, you know, I think it is a valid idea that potentially 
it started innocent and then it got out of hand. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, no. I and mean, he just didn't have the capacity as an adult to rein it in before mm-hmm. he let it go overboard. Too far. And I love that you say this. Something really interesting happened in um, my game design class, my very first game design class, um, which... Did uh, your professor touch you? No. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so he uh, was actually really cool. Um, but Would you say before you we did he abuse you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. My apologies. Um, so they, before class started one day, he said, yo, um, if anyone, like, is, we're going to be talking about, like, uh, um, pretty, like, subjective material today. So if anyone wants to leave, you can leave class. Um, one girl did, but I think she just wanted to leave class <laughs> and get, get out of it. And they, moving on, they, um, he asked us a couple things during class about game design in terms of how you influence people because games are violent and allow people to do things. Um, you know, in, in some cases, like maybe being a developer of Doom and then have it turn around that um, the Columbine shooters played Doom, right? And there's an influence there. He said uh, he, ma- he made a juxtaposition, which he wanted just to ask the question and leave it to stand to, and you know, because uh, as teachers are wont to do, we'll ask you questions to get you into critical thinking mode. To which he said, um, I think he really wanted it to be an open ended question, you know, a rhetorical question. When he asked, What if we allowed people with fetishes um, that shouldn't be um, um, fulfilled, such as child molestation and rape, to be fulfilled via VR, virtual reality. Does that make it wrong to allow for these realities to come into play to help a person with said preferences? Were you in this game design class, Eric? Yeah, but I don't remember that. Right? No, I, I mean, think we know where Eric stepped out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I was that girl you were talking about. I was like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, nah, I got to go. Um, no, yeah, that totally was a subject one day because he was talking about how, like, Grand Theft Auto was said to, you know, like, increase violence in people, hitting people with cars, like, and he was kind of saying, and it was a rhetorical question, but there was one really dumb guy with a patty hat on, and he was like, well, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> And at that point, just out of base, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone went, of course you do think that would be better. (laughs) Either because you're dumb or you would do it. But I digress. (laughs) God, that guy was dumb. Yeah, uh, but um, it's interesting to have those questions and kind of like look at them from these open elements of like, you know, maybe it's there. At the end of the day, Michael didn't restrain himself. Right. And that's what makes him a predator at the end of the day, but also look at, look at the fact that as these boys got older, he found new boys. He got different boys and he was making friends with different boys who made these allegations, including one who had cancer (coughs) and met Michael through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And that's a valid point. I'm not, I'm not trying to forgive Michael I'm trying to define his motivations. Yes. And now, let's face it. His later marriages to women and everything. Yes. These were publicists. 
protecting his reputation. Yes. That is entirely what that was. Yes. Okay. He got along well enough with Lisa Marie Presley and she was a showbiz entity. Mm -hmm. There we go. Mm -hmm. It'll keep people off of her back. It'll keep people off of his back. True. And then that imploded for whatever reason. And then he hooks up with his baby mama. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But once again, purely publicity driven. Because those allegations were rearing their ugly head again and he needed a distraction. I get it. True. And I'm not, I'm not, once again, I'm not forgiving anything he did. Yes. Okay. But I don't know that he fits a predator over, say, just a child molester. Mm -hmm. I would define him more as a child molester than I would as a pedophile or a predator. Yes. Now, if he, in his mind, is locked in this age range, this is where his maturity level is, this is where he identifies the most with people, this is where he chooses his friend group, then, of course, as people age out past him and outgrow him, mm -hmm. he's going to replenish his friend supply with that same age group. Yeah. Because he's not moving on. He's not growing. His development is arrested, mm -hmm. essentially. Yes. So in this state of arrested development, mm -hmm. he, he can't move on. So even when his friends outgrow him, yes. he has to get new friends. I don't think that's entirely true because all of those people were entirely willing to remain with him all the time. But even even the people who were abused by him were were able to stay friends with him. Right, but and were willing. But to. he's losing common ground with them. Is he? Well, they all like to dance. They all like each other. They like each other's company. They like hanging out. Right, but he's he's still in this age group, and they're getting older. Mm -hmm. They're getting interested in girls they're getting interested in hip-hop mm -hmm. they're getting interested in doom they're getting interested in all of these things that are just outside of his understanding yeah so he uh, the more he talks to them the more he finds out that he doesn't have as much in common with them yeah i i'm and i don't know i mean this is all assumption yeah but playing, it's playing devil's advocate yeah so i'm not it's it's important to to explore the facets of it of this because of the way like you know it's important for us as human beings to explore every facet of the possibilities because like I mean it's you look at Twitter there was a funny tweet that brought up this the the talk before where someone was doing the clap things and saying uh, pedophilia is a sexual preference and they're clapping like it's a fact yeah. Like they're enunciating each yes, point. Yes, uh, because they're like, yo, it's a sexual preference. I would call it a fetish additionally, right? It might be something that they're like totally stuck doing. Yes. That is our teacher. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. And so um, that was our teacher that taught that class. Uh, fair enough, yeah. Um, he, uh, that must have been Halloween. I don't think I went Scooby on Halloween. Scooby-Doo costume. Yeah, that was really awesome. Um, so we look at these things and the way people 
uh, prefer things. It was really Given funny because our topic when I just saw that picture it really it skewed me really out. Didn't really help. Yeah, it did not that help. Was really bad timing <laughs> for that, Eric. We're just, Perfect, I, Eric. Keep me. it up, buddy. It was scary. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, <laughs> sorry. Also, my thought process because my old teacher wearing a Scooby Doo outfit, and I don't remember that. But uh, that tweet, and then of course the first the first uh, retweet was someone adding FBI yes. <laughs> on the tweet, yes. saying like, "Hello, like we might need to look at this." Um, but you know, maybe a way to stem it and stop predators. But there are people who think they can get away with things. You know, there are people yeah. who are the most sought out men in the world and can do it with the parent in the next room. Yeah. When I look at it from from this perspective uh in the way you're kind of opening it up to like maybe he didn't start that way yeah he maybe he didn't start that way and maybe it's important for us to look into it and maybe you know um how can we as parents like move on from this as well um how can we as adults move on from this how can we see this because for me, for these stories to exist, that means we live in a world where people thought it was okay. Now it's not. You know? Mm -hmm. I can honestly say, unless I trust you with my literal life, and even to then, who can you trust? Who can you, you know what I mean? Um, how do you, how do you take it to that level and how do you trust again? Um, but there's also the things of uh, skeevy behavior. Don't I just I don't get it. It's I think it it should shout out a lot more these days that things are wrong when someone like asks to take your kid for an entire year. When someone says, I want to take your uh, kid horseback riding this weekend out of state. There's hmm. that like these things, no matter how they start, that they can be prevented. They really can. Maybe in this well, day and age with security cameras, it's going to happen anyway. Well, and see, here's the thing. I want to define the motivation behind this type of behavior. Mm -hmm. Okay, because whether he went too far or not, yes. for whatever reason, he did what he did. How do we keep it from happening again yep. to someone else? Yeah. What do we look out for? What, are the tr what would trigger somebody... Mm -hmm. To recognize this and be like, Michael Jackson's gonna fuck my kid. I gotta, I've, I've got to be smart about this. But it's Michael Jackson. Yes, I'm so starstruck. But he's gonna fuck my kid. What do I do? <laughs> and, and, and or it, it, yeah, it, not that that thought process would happen like exactly. that. Exactly. You know? But you know, how do we? How do I? How do we identify it? Yeah. How do we mark it? I mean, because... It's tough. Can you? Well, and that's the thing. When I was in college, and I was doing a double major in criminal justice and psychology, my ultimate goal was to be a forensic scientist. I wanted to be one of these lab rats on CSI. Okay. Eventually, I, you know, doing a double major will burn you out fucking hard. So, but... In the process of this, there was one class that was sexual deviance. Okay, which was not, which at at this now in this era it's really gray, and even then it was. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Hence the tweet that that guy had with the pedophilia yes. as a preference. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where they actually brought in a guy who was a card-carrying member of NAMBLA. For those who don't know NAMBLA, that is the North American Man-Boy Love Association. This was an individual who believed that it was his it was his right to fall in love with a boy and be with him. How do you not leap across the desk and strangle him where he stands? And it's tough because <laughs> now you you're listen you listen to his first paragraph and you leave the room. I bet. Because otherwise you will launch okay. across the room and strangle. I, I I couldn't stay in that class. Not many of my fellow students could. Right. And it's here's the tough part behind that. And it's for him to say he believed it was his right. And I know you didn't stay there long, but I'm assuming maybe you got some more context to that because now I have about a million questions for you. Um, <laughs> and it, I'm, I'm glad you're educated on this because <laughs> you're asking all the devil's advocate questions and like people well, need to know that you know these things well, no, because you went to school for here's, these things. Here is, here's the full broad spectrum for you, okay? Not yes, only did I talk to him, yes. I talked to a guy who willingly and voluntarily yes. underwent chemical cra- castration uh-huh. Because he recognized that he was a pedophile. Whoa. And if he didn't do something, he would become a child molester. Oh. And that's where I draw the distinction. This guy realized before he had done anything to anyone else, mm-hmm. he realized that he was strictly attracted to young children and to prevent him from doing anything immoral or breaking the law. Yeah. He underwent chemical castration. He has to take these pills to avoid getting any any, arousal. Any arousal. Yeah. And he actively avoids children. If he sees a school zone coming up, he takes an alternate route. Mm -hmm. This guy was on full alert. He was like, I cannot be around any children ever because I could not live with myself if I slipped. Yeah. So you go from NAMBLA member to admitted and he was like and castrated pedophile. Yeah. And then talking to an abuse victim. So, I mean, and these guest speakers were brought in over the course of this class. And it gives you a very, very. Hmm, what's the word? Skewed view of these things. Because you met, uh, I'm going to say it out loud, you met a good-natured pedophile. Yeah. You've met a good-natured, like an, a, a real existing, because there are shades of gray, just plain and simple, and you're saying yeah. that, like, and especially with your sexual deviance class, the lines get so fucking blurred, yeah. but you m- just plain, like, yeah, I'm not afraid to say it out loud because we have to acknowledge these things to not live in a black and white world um, of ignorance. You met a good-natured pedophile. Yeah. Plain and simple. Now, and keep in mind, this was also 20 years ago when I was taking this class on sexual deviance. Binary was not a gender. It was a sexual deviance. 
Homosexuality huh. was not a orientation. It was a deviance. Ooh. BDSM was not a fetish. It was a deviance. So, the, like I said, it was gray then. The lines are so much grayer now. Yes. To where there is no black and white at all. It is all a shade of gray. Every bit of it. Yes. A good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, dating a uh, Catholic girl. Very, very sheltered. Mm-hmm. And um, you can tell she's very, very quiet. Um. And we ask guy stuff, and I'm like, well, how fast is that going? He's like, it's not. It'll be strictly Catholic, you know, nothing nothing before marriage. And I'm like, oh, joke's on you. When you find out and she finds out that she's into BDSM and your safe word is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Father, Son, oh! Father, Son, oh! <laughs> Now, see, the traditional Catholic dating experience that I was aware of was the poop hole loophole. Poop hole loophole, that's right, where you go in the back door um, and this actually worked on a podcast. I was listening to another podcast of uh, IGN fame. It was called Knockin' Boots, where one person who I heard didn't really like chime in on the nerdy love advice a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was like first or second episode. And he says, um, someone wrote in and says, you know, she's religious and I'm not really like getting any action. It's kind of driving me nuts. And one person goes, anal. <laughs> Just anal. And uh, he writes back. <laughs> yeah. He says, yo. I asked about it, and she she got into position, <laughs> and it worked, and they all, like, celebrated. They were like, yes! <laughs> it works. No, it's a thing. It is a thing. It is definitely it is a, thing. a thing. I also knew a guy who said that uh, a mutual friend of ours liked doing anal, and she wasn't really, really rel- religious. Mm-hmm. I mean, but still. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was covered as a deviance. I bet. Not a fetish. Not exactly. a preference. Exactly. So I, do you think, I wonder if that class is still called sexual deviance. Oh, it was a branch of um, the sexual victims criminology. Okay, okay. Because you need to understand it that right. way. Right. You know. And see, the NAMBLA member was a convicted child molester. He, w- he was, this was part of his sentencing. Exactly, I get Was that. doing this talk. And he was just, even though he had been busted, arrested, did time, released, busted again, did more time, released again. Yes. He was still adamant. Yes. Adamant in his belief. Oh. Didn't sit in that class for very long. I couldn't I couldn't listen to him. The minute he started, the edges of my vision started going red because I was just so angry. And I was I was angry for my friends that were victims. I had never been victimized in that way, but I knew plenty of people who had been. And hearing their... hearing their continued guilt just filled me with a rage. And seeing a guy who believed it was his God. seeing a guy who believed that not only... Was he right in what he was doing? But every victim of his feeling guilty was also right. They should feel guilty for him going to prison. For the crime of loving them. Yeah, I 
Yeah. It's tough. Um, you know, I'm getting I'm getting outraged again. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Just like talking so, about it. I'm triggering like, myself. I'm like, right? We just need to make a coalition of uh, man boy lover beaters. <laughs> and now, when we talk to the fucking when we uh. t- when we talk to the pedophile <laughs> in treatment. One of the, he was like, "Are there any questions?" The first question was, "Can you give the Nambla members some of your meds?" <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, Holy crap! Um, yeah. Eric, how's your first day behind the computer? <laughs> uh, it's going great. All right, uh, you're, uh, you don't quit already. Like, thanks for not leaving. Uh, the we room. still have the sound guy. <laughs> I might be out. No, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Fucking him, dude. No, no. It's it's I an mean, depth conversation. Definitely, it's nice to. Uh, man, I didn't realize that you were you. I didn't even think that in your you know college years that you might have taken a class like this and understand and seen from those perspectives. Yeah, I don't know how that guy feels safe leaving his house with an opinion like that, but you know. And then there's also the the scary part of normalcy. Uh, to some people, uh, what is what is the state that is b- very popular for incest? Because south of the Bible Belt, yeah, right, exactly. The Bible Belt and South, exactly. There was a state, one of the southern states, where um, this guy who must have been just, I mean, high on meth, undoubtedly, was dumb enough to talk to a news reporter who was asking about. Um, a new bill that was actually introduced in the town that was actually being voted on to allow parents to have sex with their children to put incest into law and she was on the porch a man had stepped outside of his door and she asked what do you do you think uh, that that incest is okay and his answer was I believe it should be up to the father on national television no guilt first First comment first comment on Facebook was wow this uh, guy usually gets his hair cut at my barber but I don't think it will happen much longer (laughs) (laughs) well here's the thing and the first part I want to address you just said, how can that Nambla member feel okay walking out of his door? Yeah. And well, I mean, safe more than anything. Safe. Yeah. <laughs> that is what. Well. How can that guy feel safe walking out of his door? But both. And we can address. And both. the guy, safe you know, who okay. feels safe talking to a news reporter about a law allowing incest. Three words can answer both of those questions. He's not alone. I love the way you just expand the conversation. He's not. He, neither of these gentlemen are alone in this thought process. It's true. All of them have support. It's true, and it's terrifying because how does the bill get introduced without support? Mm-hmm. How does it hit a newsworthy level uh, without support? And the sick thing about the whole incest bill, yes, is a lot of the people for it. My daddy did it to me. I should be allowed to do it to mine, and they should be allowed to do it to theirs. I want to barf. Yeah, yep. no, and that's how that works. Yep. Okay. 
At what point? I'm sure it was bullshit reasoning from the Mambla member, if you ever... I mean, did you go back into the room, or did someone summarize? Was someone able to take it in and not rip it was his a head transcript. from his body? Okay. It was transcripted. Okay, okay, okay. Pretty much somebody sat there, and it was... Your typical stenographer, don't even register what's being said. Just type the words. Right. Because that's the only way you're going to keep up is if you don't pay attention to anything being said. Just the words, the word yeah. construct, done. Right, because when you, when you hear someone say that it's their God-given right to have a sexual relationship with boys, well, if you listen to that and react to it, you're going to miss a couple words mm-hmm. or the whole thing because you just want to... Well, and I guarantee you, every one of those Damblum members will come uh, up with, my first boyfriend did it to me. Yep. I was seven years old, and he was 32. Gosh, this is infuriating. It's we extremely just, infuriating. Why don't we just let Westboro Baptist Church and Mambla enter a no-law territory, a purge zone? <laughs> let them enter together where they're allowed to do what they whatever they want to do. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is that how do you stop it? How do you end it? How do you kill the motivation to do it? It's true. How do you knock that off and then let this stuff go away over time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a couple of different ideas that I've been tossing around since I was in college. Of course, you have the best ideas, whether about it be this. eliminating pedophilia or uh, winning the, the most, lottery. The most extreme one, mm-hmm. with a guilty verdict, you destroy the predator and the victim. True. Because... Every single true. one of these predators was at one time a victim. They learned at a very early age that this type of behavior was okay because the person doing it to them told them they loved them, proved that they loved them. Yeah. And this is at the extreme. This that is, is the being, extreme level. being explored. This isn't something that you believe in, no, just no, to no, clarify no. for everyone, no. obviously. This is uh, option A, the yeah. extremist version. Yeah. Okay, because... There are plenty of people. The voluntarily castrated guy uh-huh. was one of these. Uh-huh. He, when there are plenty of people who recognize that this happened to them, mm-hmm. they deal with it, yeah, and then they c- attempt to live their life as victim-free as possible. True. Okay, and there are those that become reclusive shut-ins. Mm-hmm. There are those that never deal mm-hmm. with it and they're just locked in that part of their head. Yeah, There are people that when they're a teenager or whatever, they do a shit ton of drugs, cry to their friend, and then move on. Yeah. And then there are those that accept it as this is the way life is and this is fine and good and I can continue this. Yes. Because when you look at it, you know, uh, and that's obviously that just because, you know, murdering a victim is completely wrong. Um, Absolutely. And, and you know, in terms of like 
seeing it for what it is. But no, that's that's so true in terms of like complete eradication that that. Yeah. Hypothetically, scientifically, that should be an option because for th- I think there's a smaller amount. Probably. Well, I mean, do you know if there's a, a larger or smaller amount of people who normalize it and continue to practice it? It's impossible to know. Exactly. It's impossible because you look at both of the victims. You look both of the victims in leaving Neverland. Both of them did not want to do it. Both of them said, like, you know, they realized how wrong it was and admitted to it Mm -hmm. when it happened. But I can't help but feel that. um, I mean, and now that it's come out that they need to be, you know, here's the deal. And something that that sucks for the mothers of these these children is that, and for the husbands is that they're going to be watched like hawks. Mm-hmm. But uh, by hawk like eyes, I mean to say. But in doing this, they have achieved closure. True, very true. And once they have the closure, they can deal with the full scope of it mm-hmm. and move on and state where they are. Yeah. You know, and and being <coughs> able to. Sorry, the dogs are pawing they at the door are, and driving me up the wall. Feel the intensity. Anyway, of they the do feel the intensity. They, they really want to comfort us because they know we're both outraged. Yeah. Anyway. Right. I can tell you 100% why the extremist version of solving this would never work. Okay. The minute you publicize that the perpetrator and the victim were killed, never report it again. No parent will report their predator if they know their child is going to die as a result. Also true. That's never going to happen. Right. So the extremist version, out the window. Exactly. Yes. That's never going to happen, never going to work. Be done with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now if you lie to the public and say, oh, they're going to go to a rehabilitation camp and learn to deal with this, when really they're just going into the same chamber that the perpetrator went into. Yes. That doesn't work either. Eventually, it gets out. The secret is out. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back into the closet and no one talks about it ever again. Yes. So the next option would be to treat it like a drug offense. (laughs) Wherein you don't get three years out in six months with probation. You get 10 years minimum. Right. Oh, you got a boner when you were looking at a kid's dick? Ten years. <laughs> and, it, I mean, at this point, it's also, like, kind of a, um, I mean, drug offenses need to be changed anyway. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Well, no, what I'm saying is flip them. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, the, that's a start. Jeez. The, the typical drug charge that gets you 10 plus years in the maximum security. Uh-huh. Should get you three years out in six months on probation. Exactly. And continued counseling. Yeah. Okay, we need to quit treating drug charges. Well, we need to keep quit treating drug addicts like criminals and start treating them like the ill. Yes. Because also that's true. what it is. They're sick. Yes. They're just medicating mm-hmm. in a way that they always have. It's true. Because they don't have any other recourse it's true so i mean yeah but and this is this was a point i brought up to my professor and he uh he got very very angry with me and wanted to until he came around yeah 
But my point, the point that I made to him was that the lawmakers set the sentences. They're going to set the sentences lower for crimes they are they themselves guilty of. That too. So that the ones making these laws are the ones that are like, yeah, they touched a kid. That's not really that big of a deal. Three years. You spoke to joint tenures. Infuriating. Well, it's that's because uh, they're paid by pharmaceutical companies at right. that point. But, you know, right. Um, God forbid they get mm, somewhat healthier marijuana than right. e- extremely addictive oxy. But right. I digress. Vicodin. Now, <laughs> and that led me to my point of getting rid of prisons and turning them all into rehabilitation facilities. And that I know that's what a prison is. It's a rehabilitation facility because whenever somebody makes parole, they're rehabilitated. Also true. That's not how that works. That's not how all. that works, no. It's you get this weird thing of justice. Everybody feels vindicated except for the victim. Very much so. It's it's a broken system that needs to be fixed. It does. And I think, you know, it, it just continues... And it's a it's a cycle, but you know, like maybe maybe documentaries like this shed the right light on mm-hmm. getting getting more people into the right mindset of like you know being able to define abuse, mm-hmm. um, to be able to look for the signs of a child who can't define abuse, mm-hmm. to ask the right questions, to go you know, um, and knowing the pattern of predators to say, you know, if they told you that you're not allowed to tell anyone, that's not true because. I'm your dad. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I'm not going to let anyone hurt you. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? And hope, hopefully, that by identifying ways to un, untie the bind that they're under by a predator, that that you can, you know, um, find ways to stop this when it when it happens. And it's, but, you know, being aware is what increases these odds, right? Thank you for the perfect segue into the next option. <laughs> right. Parental training classes. Hell yes. Because parenting once is the hardest fucking job you will ever have. <laughs> well, once you have your first appointment with the OBGYN and you get your first sonogram and <gasps> look at that baby. You are immediately signed up. Yep. For a parenting course. Yes. And a large chunk of that is recognizing molesters and pedophiles. Yes. Recognizing the patterns and behaviors of molesters and pedophiles. I love this because we know enough already. It's happened enough. It has happened enough. Imagine, imagine if those mothers had been taught to recognize the behaviors and patterns of child molesters. True. And then they meet Michael Jackson. Yes. Does that whole thing go down a little differently? Yeah, probably because it's fucking Michael Jackson. Um, Maybe, well, okay, no, 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 no. I see where you're going at with this. I want to say no because it's fucking Michael Jackson, and like I said at the beginning of the show, there are people that would let their kids be fucked by Michael Jackson to be in his general presence, but I digress. Those would be far and few between. Um, But no, it would go a little differently to where, yes, we will definitely go with you to your hotel. No, he's not sleeping in your bedroom with you. 
I'm going to come knock on the door every 20 minutes until he comes back to the room with me. Vigilance and constant vigilance. But yes, I'm just a- I'm answering the many answers of you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. of your question. But still, yeah. um, no. And you're right. Um, is that does it turn into a well? Why don't we all hang out in here? Yep. Why yep. don't Why don't you just hang out with him in my presence constantly? Yes. How about you're True. never alone with my child because you have set off at least three red flags? Yes. Does that go differently? I think it does. Yes. Because these parents, not, well, I, yes, they're starstruck. Yes, it's Michael Jackson taking an interest in their mm-hmm. child and everything. But with the right education, they're like, well, he, um, he did thing one that's a little weird. Let me look out for the next. Oh, there's the next one. Yep. Well, he gets one more. Oh, God. Okay. This guy wants to fuck my kid. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're going to. We're going to go to Disney World now. Yeah. And I think that ultimately, as much of a tragedy as this is and with things coming forward, um, the learning experiences of things like this is what's going to lean people in the direction of doing more, you know, activating more things like let's make classes to inform the parents. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Let's set up a curriculum. Let's make sure these parents know what to look for. Let's make it a part of OBGYN education to notify the parents that this class exists and give them just a few pointers. I think you should just run for president. I think because I think most of your ideas actually like, you know, let's uh, vote Schmelz 2024. Yeah, I'm going to be your running president to make I'm going to be your running co-president. Um, vice president, whatever <laughs> it is, um, just because I want pizza for lunch every day, and I want everyone to be able to have pizza for lunch every day, not just on Fridays. Boom. But, um, but you know, just because you have the 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 best ideas, and and um, you know, at the end of the day, you might be shaking hands with a monster a lot. But if I were to run for president, I'd be shaking hands with a lot of monsters. A lot of monsters, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Dictators, and but it, I mean that was also a, a reference to your penis. Um, but it's not only would I drain the swamp, I would sift for gold. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, I would take the best of them and rise them up. Yes, the bests of the bests. This ended up being a lot more like, not, I don't want to say a thought-provoking conversation, but um, one of the um, definitely critical thinking ones we've had. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts? Let us know. Let us know on all the social medias. Let us know in the email if you're not comfortable with the social medias, which, given the subject matter on this, I would 100% understand. Come at us, bros. Come at us. I can't wait for the like a bunch of tweets that for people that don't list, finish listening to the episode. Like, well, he was saying this. Was like, he said people in Idaho are retarded. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> people south of the belt lack insight. Well, I mean, yes, they do. But I digress. All you Mormons out there, I think Joseph Smith would understand if you screwed up and still want to protect your kids. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Catch you next time. My God, I'm going to float out of here on the river in my own piss. <laughs> Not me. I peed before we started. So did I. Oh. I was super hyped. Well, you're just old. I hit the button. <laughs>